Welcome to Hubbard Helps, a program that spotlights the people and organizations making a difference in Chicago. Now here's your host, Kara Hernandez. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Since its founding more than two decades ago as the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE has become the nation's leading defender of fundamental rights on college campuses through a unique mix of programming, including student and faculty outreach, public education campaigns, individual case advocacy, and policy reform efforts. In 2022, FIRE changed its name to the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression and announced an expansion initiative into off-campus free speech advocacy and legal defense. With us this morning to talk more about FIRE and the work they are doing to protect freedom of expression is Nico Perino, the Executive Vice President of the organization. Nico, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Kara, thanks for having me. How did FIRE get started and how has it grown into what it is today? FIRE was founded by two former classmates at Princeton, Alan Charles Coors and Harvey Silverglade. Harvey was a criminal defense attorney out in Boston. Alan Charles Coors is one of the nation's premier scholars of the Enlightenment. And they had both been intimately involved in what was happening on college campuses throughout the years and had noticed a decline in respect for free speech, academic freedom, religious liberty, and due process principles on college campuses. And they came together in the 1990s to write a book called The Shadow University, which was about the decline of free speech and liberty on college campuses. And the book came out and it was a huge success and shed light on what universities and colleges had theretofore more or less kept private and hidden. And after their book came out, they started receiving mail from students and faculty members complaining about the infringements on free speech, due process, academic freedom. And they had their own jobs, right? One's a lawyer, one's a professor, and they didn't have time to respond to all these people who sounded like they needed help, either legal help or advocacy help. And so they decided that they would band together to start FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. And for 20 years or so, FIRE's focus was solely on college campuses. And we would defend the rights of groups across the political and ideological spectrum. We're a nonpartisan organization. So one day we might be ha- uh, helping a student who wants to start a single-payer healthcare advocacy group at their college. This is one of our actual cases. The next day, we might be defending the rights of conservatives in California to hang up flyers critical of socialism. The other day, we might be helping an animal rights group uh, in the state of Missouri. Pro-life students, pro-choice students, we fight against these so-called free speech zones, which restrict free speech to small zones of campus. The idea being that pretty much every zone outside, every space outside of those zones is a censorship zone. And we've been doing that for 20 years, and including in, in, in the city of Chicago. We had cases at Joliet Junior College, Chicago State, and we also worked with the University of Chicago to help amplify its so-called Chicago Statement, which we call the gold standard policy on free speech on college and university campuses. And we tried to get other colleges and universities to adopt the University of Chicago's gold standard free speech statement, and we're successful in getting somewhere around 100 colleges to adopt it. So we were doing that work for 20 years, and then we saw the need for an organization kind of like FIRE, who has a nonpartisan, principled approach to defending our right, frankly, to be who we are and to speak our mind off campus as well. We We saw a need for an organization that defended these rights off campus. So last year, 
We expanded our mission off campus. We changed our name from the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education to the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. And since then, we've been defending the rights of Americans to be who they are and to speak their minds in all different contexts, including defending uh, the rights of individuals to speak up at city council meetings, to gather petition signatures, to get on ballots, to run for, for local elections, to defend the right of uh, individuals to stand with signs outside their city hall. Uh, and we do that work on a nonpartisan uh, basis as well. What do you want listeners to understand about the importance of the First Amendment? And are there any misconceptions that the foundation assists in fixing? I think a lot of people support free speech just kind of out of instinct. They see that it's protected by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. And don't really think much beyond that. Think about the philosophical underpinnings of why freedom of speech is important in the first place, separate from why we protect it under law. And when I think about why free speech is important, I often think back to a quote that was attributed to Sigmund Freud, who once said that civilization started the day that man cast a word instead of a stone. And what is democracy if not the use of our words instead of violence to solve our problems? For most of human history, we used violence to solve our problems. We used coercion. We didn't talk with people we disagreed with to try and convince them to come along to our side. So civilization is a modern kind of enterprise. And so is democracy, where we use our words to try and convince people who disagree with us of the right course of action. There really are two ways to solve our problems in this world, right? Words and violence. And democracy is the use of the words. And that's why we must protect the freedom of speech so we can participate in that democratic process. Free speech is what allows us to call for change. If you look at any of America's great civil rights movements, whether it was a movement for women to gather the right to vote or the civil rights movement or the gay rights movement, these were all movements that were challenging to establish power. And the only tool that those in the minority or the mo those seeking to establish rights for themselves had were their voices. And so we needed to protect their free speech and First Amendment right to utilize their voices. Now today, some people think that free speech is just the tool of the bully, the bigot, and the robber baron. But no, it's the tool for anyone, regardless of their political or ideological leaning, to protect their right. It's an insurance policy, so to speak. And that insurance policy only works if we defend that right for everyone. And we don't pick and choose which speech we like or dislike in defending it. We defend it for everyone. But this is always going to be frowned upon and challenged by those in power. And that's why we at, at FIRE call free speech the eternally radical idea. At every day and age uh, throughout human history, there have been those in power who seek to silence those with whom they disagree. Uh, and so it's always going to be radical because power is always going to change. We're here to defend the rights of all Americans to be who they are and to speak their minds. And unfortunately, six in 10 Americans feel that our nation's democracy is threatened because people are afraid to voice their opinions and that's our role at FIRE, to try and make it so that fewer Americans are afraid to voice their opinions and to bolster the principle that our voices matter in a democracy. Totally. And that actually leads me to my next question. According to your website, thefire.org, you offer many educational opportunities and legal help to schools and individuals exercising their freedom of expression. What are some of the different services FIRE provides and what impacts have they made? 
When FIRE first started in 1999, we didn't have as many programs to assist people who had their free speech rights violated. Uh, we often do what some people call litigation by letterhead. We would write uh, letters to th those who are leading colleges and universities and, and lay out the facts of any rights violation that we saw happening and ask them, you know, if our facts are wrong, please correct us. If our facts are right, how do we fix this? Over the years, we've developed programming on top of that, including communication strategy to educate people about their free speech and First Amendment rights, including PR work to try and put, you know, sort of public pressure on these institutions to protect free speech. But we've also started litigating. So we have an in-house litigation shop. We have an in-house lobbying shop. We petition the government for a redress of grievances when we see those governments aren't protecting free speech or could do more to protect freedom of speech. We also have a network for students called the Fire Student Network, and we have a network for college faculty members called the Faculty Network. And so if you have any listeners who might be students or faculty members, I encourage them to come to thefire.org and, and join one of those networks. But we spend a lot of time and energy and put together a lot of resources educating Americans about their free speech and First Amendment rights. And you can find a lot of those educational tools at thefire.org. This is Hubbard Helps on Hubbard Radio Chicago. I'm Kara Hernandez. Today, we're joined by Nico Perino, the Executive Vice President of FIRE. FIRE defends and promotes the value of free speech for all Americans in courtrooms, on campuses, and in America's culture. FIRE holds different events around the country to assist people in better understanding their First Amendment rights. What events do you have coming up and how can people participate? Students who join our, our FIRE Student Network are, get the opportunity to come to a lot of our student conferences that are held across the country throughout the year. But in the summer, we have a flagship student conference hosted usually in the city of Philadelphia where, where FIRE was founded. Uh, and we bring students together to educate them about their rights. But we also have conferences for college faculty, and we have events throughout the year uh, for just members of the general public who might be interested in learning more about free speech or defending the rights of others who have their free speech rights violated. And one of the best ways to learn about the events that we have and to become part of this sort of 21st century free speech movement that FIRE is, is seeking to create and galvanize is to go to thefire.org and to sign up for our email list. Uh, the more information you provide to us uh, when you sign up for your email list, the better we're able to tailor these opportunities, including events opportunities to you. But the, the more we can sort of integrate you with the uh, community that shares the same values uh, as you, that, that believes that individuals should have the, the right to be who they are and to speak their minds, and that free speech is important for the democratic process. What plans and goals do you have for FIRE in the future? Right now, FIRE is amidst a huge expansion. Last June, June 2022, we announced that we were expanding our free speech advocacy off campus with a $75 million expansion. So if you're in the city of Chicago right now, you might see some of our ads around around the city, including at, at Ogilvy Station, on the Metra, maybe at Midway, maybe on television. And the goal is to let people know that FIRE is the premier free speech organization in the country and to rally people who share FIRE's mission and values to the cause. So the next time censorship does happen, we could call on our shared community to come to the defense of those whose rights are violated. We have a goal of establishing 1 million supporters 
And so you can sign up to become an, a supporter and to become a part of the cause over at thefire.org. The but the movement is only going to be successful in establishing this right and preserving this right if people join in common cause. And we're trying to become the tentpole organization that folks can rally around whenever censorship does occur. And that is our big focus over these next couple of years is building that 21st century free speech movement. And I would love nothing more than for Chicago to become a home and hub for that movement. I am from Chicago myself. I grew up in Elmhurst. Uh, I'm very familiar with the city and I'm very familiar with the ESOS. This is a city that is not afraid to use its voice to participate in the democratic process and free speech is what makes that possible. So free speech should be core to the values of the city of Chicago. What's the best way for those listening right now to help fire as well as help communities understand their rights for freedom of expression? Well, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, Kara, the best thing you can do right now after hearing this is going to thefire.org and signing up for our email list. Once we have your information, we will be in touch and, and tell you about more ways to get involved and also share more of our resources with you. Uh, you can also, you know, become more involved by hosting a FIRE event. Uh, if you reach out to us, we're always happy to spend out, send out speakers to community events to talk to different communities about these rights. And we are always happy to tailor those talks to whatever might be happening in, in your community as well. But aside from becoming more involved in FIRE, and I hope everyone who's listening to this will, uh, is to just to utilize your voice. You know, freedom of speech goes stagnant if, if individuals self-censor. Um, so to the extent you have a concern in your community or there's an I issue of national or local importance that you feel passionately about, have conversations with your neighbors and talk across lines of difference as well. Too often, I think in America, our first instinct is to figure out how to shut up those with whom we disagree when really our first instinct should one be to understand their perspective and two, if we disagree with it, to convince them that their perspective is wrong or at least find some uh, shared commonality, some places that we agree. And over time, hopefully move the conversation and maybe that person's opinion in your direction. We live in a hyper-polarized time where it, it feels like we're often siloing ourselves in with, with community members who only agree with us. But if democracy is going to work, it requires deliberation. It requires talking across lines of difference. And free speech is the tool that allows us to do that. So I would urge folks to utilize that tool to have those conversations and Maybe even have those conversations about free speech. Why is free speech important? What are the big free speech issues of our day? How can we protect and preserve this right? That's one of the best ways that folks listening to, to this conversation can help advance the cause of free expression in America. Thank you so much, Nico, for talking to us this morning. Yeah, of course, Kara. Thank you. Our guest this morning has been Nico Perino, the Executive Vice President of FIRE. For more information or to contribute to their mission, visit thefire.org. That's T-H-E-F-I-R-E.org. That's our show this week. Thank you for listening. I'm Kara Hernandez. Hubbard Helps is powered by Hubbard Radio, making a difference in Chicago.